Welcome to the Pokescast. Ryan Thorburn here with the Casper Star Tribune, uh, joined by Robert Gagliardi. Robert, it's been a couple weeks since we've recorded the pod. I did kind of a crazy thing and made my way in a big circle from Laramie to Boise to Eugene to Logan and back to Laramie. Covered a couple games, spent a week on the West Coast. So, uh, back in Laramie now, and we're getting ready for the season finale here as Wyoming hosts Hawaii. So we have a lot to talk about, Robert. Where do you want to start? You want to start back with the CSU game, which we didn't really recap, or the Boise State game, or just go right into Utah State? Well, I think it's it, we first got to mention that, you know, that Wyoming's won a couple of games uh, since our last podcast. So at least we're, we're off the schneid with that, at least. Uh I hope, you know, by doing this podcast going leading into the Hawaii season, regular season finale on Saturday that we're not the we're not the jinx or anything. But uh, it's kind of it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, you know, to kind of summarize in a nutshell, I mean, you know, arguably you take other than the Ball State game in the non-conference, the CSU and the Utah State games were by far the best games this this team has played this year. And then you sandwich that with the game at Boise where. You know, if they don't make mistakes on offense, penalty, more than anything, penalties. I know the interceptions certainly hurt there too in the second half, but you know they don't have penalties. That, you know they're giving themselves a chance to win that. So, uh, although that was really disappointing, the way it lo- they lost at Boise and the way that you know it kind of went down, you know th- this team's playing some pretty good football, and it all kind of came to a head last Saturday in Logan, where I won't lie to you, Ryan, <clears throat> you know, I didn't think they were going to go in there and necessarily just get their doors blown off. But the Cowboys were, they dominated them. You know, I kept looking at the scores and I'm l- looking at this and I'm like, what? And they just, they just dominated them. And I certainly didn't, ex- I mean, some really good Wyoming teams have gone into Logan and maybe won, but certainly didn't dominate. I, that one, that one really, really surprised me. Yeah, I actually picked Wyoming. I know we didn't make that on the record in terms of a podcast, but I, I had a feeling they were going to be Utah State. I mean, it's, it's a tale of three seasons, and it's really been strange. Obviously, the first 4-0 and start since 1996. Um, if you look at it now, you know, the Montana State game is a good win. You know, they're one of the top FCS teams, even though they did lose to Montana uh, for their second loss of the year. So that was a, a good win. And Northern Illinois is, you know, near the top of the MAC. So that was a good road win. And, and we saw the offense with a different quarterback have explosive plays in that game. And then obviously you get into the funk with the Air Force game, uh, the 10-quarter streak of not scoring an offensive touchdown, you know, one in five in Mountain West play. But this third season here, this last uh, leg of this season, has in a lot of ways been more impressive than that 4-0 start. You mentioned, you know, they blow out Colorado State. You know, it's not a good Colorado State team, but, you know, that's a good way to get back on track is to beat your rival and run the ball like they did in that game, kind of set the tone for what we saw last week. And then you're right, the Boise State game, I had never covered a game there before. It is, I can see why it's such a difficult place to play. It's, it's just different. You know, they play a lot of times on weeknights, which that game was a Friday night. They have uh, really good crowds. Uh, They just have a tradition and a belief. And, Wyoming seems to play them close and, and finds a way to lose. And that's what happened in that game. Um, but it, it was just 
they were so close. The score didn't end up being that close, but they were driving down six with a chance to win the win the game or at least take a 14-13 lead there uh, in the closing quarter. And if you recall, uh, I believe it was Swin or could have been Valde had a really nice run about down to the 30-yard line. And, uh, you know, an official threw a flag from about 30 yards away of a holding call. So next play, you know, Levi's in a passing situation, ball gets tipped, interception, pick six, and that's all she wrote. But uh, I think that frustration from that game and realizing that, you know, Boise State's playing some of the best football in the Mountain West and Wyoming had a chance to win that. I think that set things up last week where Wyoming was angry. Wyoming's coaches and players knew that they had to get to seven wins to get to a bowl in all likelihood. Utah State was coming off a blowout win at San Jose State. And it just set up where Wyoming was uh, kind of in desperate desperation mode and, and really caught Utah State napping and then just bludgeoned them. The better team that night was Wyoming by far. Yeah, you know, and, uh, you know, really kind of spoiled Utah State Utah State's chances to win the Mountain Division, although they still have a chance. But, you know, but you look now and you, you, you look, you know, what's, you know, you, you, I've heard fans, I'm sure you have too, Ryan's like, you know, after the Utah State game and even after the Colorado State game, it's like, well, where's this been all season? Well, I think you might I get your take on it, but, you know, they've certainly been able to run the ball a lot more consistently in those wins, you know, and, and Levi Williams has played some pretty good football, but, you know, and look, and I don't want to take that away. And, and he, he was really good against Utah state, but look, Ryan, he, you know, Levi Williams, what he throw 15 passes against the Aggies? Obviously when you, you have two hundred yard rushers that, that helps, but I still think in, 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 whether it's Levi Williams now or it was Sean Chambers earlier in the season, this Wyoming team is at its best when the quarterback only has to throw 15, maybe 20 times a game. If, if either one of them, you know, now it's Levi Williams has to throw 25, 30 times a game. I'm not saying he's not capable of doing that, but that's not how this team is built. And so I think Wyoming has been able to kind of, you know, dictate, you know, kind of play at its pace, kind of like you, you would hear, like in a basketball game, it's kind of more methodical, um, you know, uh, tempo, so to speak, although there were a lot of big plays against Utah State. But I think that's Wyoming's, uh, you know, recipe for success, so to speak, is run the ball well, you know, set up the play action. And, and again, I'm, I want to give Levi Williams credit. He really has been throwing the ball pretty well, especially against Utah State. So I, I do want to give him credit. I don't want to say that it's a fluke by any stretch. We'll see if they can do that against Hawaii because you've mentioned, I, mean, I know Craig Bull even mentioned that Wyoming was a lot bigger up front than Utah State. Well, that's not going to be the case against Hawaii. Now, granted, Colorado State scored 45 points on them, so I'm, size doesn't mean everything, it's a, but it's a new set of challenges for this Wyoming team against Hawaii on Saturday. But, you know, what, what's your take? Is it just getting back to what, you know, run the ball, you know, they have forced a few more turnovers, obviously, too. What's in your take, Ryan, what's your take of this turnaround in this last three, four games of the season? It's funny how you phrase that because uh, Craig Bull's post game after the Utah State game, I asked the first question. My question was, where has this team been? <laughs> and he kind of laughed and he said it's been a long time coming, but that he was seeing those signs that it was coming. Obviously, the Colorado State game and then you know, even the Boise State game, uh, you know, thing, it, this was coming. And uh, 
You know, you're right. Levi Williams played probably the ideal game that Craig Bull wants his quarterback to play 12 for 15 passing. But just because you don't pass a lot doesn't mean you can't have an explosive offense. You know, he had 242 yards passing, two touchdowns, uh, and the one interception was questionable in terms of Wyoming felt that could have been a PI and it was a brilliant catch by, by the safety. So uh, that's, that's what they want. And now that you have Joshua Cobbs kind of emerging as a number two to Nayor, you know, I think you'll see uh, in, in that range that 15, 16, 17 attempts per game, as long as the, the uh, ground game is, is rolling the way it is. And, and obviously when you have Valaday, uh, the experienced Valaday who looks fresh to me, uh, that was kind of his plan going into the season. His goal was to play in all 12 games and, and to finish it strong. And he looks really good making some of those cuts. And I think the big reason why is because Titus Swin is carrying a lot of the load and obviously is a extremely explosive player. Uh, the 98-yard touchdown is the longest run in Wyoming history. I don't know if you were at the, the Central Michigan game where they had a 95-yarder back I was in the at day. That, I, was, I was covering that game. Yes, I was. Yes. So that was the longest one. And then, you know, speaking of explosive plays, uh, Cam Stone with a 99-yard kickoff return for a touchdown really set the tone that they were ready to trade punches with Utah State because Utah State's offense actually got off to a really good start in the first quarter, and it was 14-14. But you know, Wyoming's ability to hang in there and trade punches and then really beat him up with their defensive line as the game went on, uh, it got out of hand quickly there in the third quarter. I mean, that's that's the best quarter Wyoming's probably played in a long time, that third quarter. I think they had 240-some yards of offense just in that quarter. Right. So, Great win for him, chance to get, you know, get to a bowl game. I know this season hasn't gone like I think a lot of fans and certainly players. I know a lot of players, Ryan, we talked about it early in the season. They wanted to win a Mountain West championship, but they have still a chance to, you know, win their last home game, get to a get to a bowl game and, and, and keep playing. So we'll see if they can carry that forward. But I want to kind of talk about the whole Valaday Swin thing. And, you know, Valaday's had a good year, you know, and he had 145 yards against Utah State. You know, maybe that was the quietest 145 you may ever see from a, a really good running back, your second leading rusher in school history. But, you know, I thought Swin had a chance to be a really good running back. I, I saw glimpses of it a little bit and then what he's done. But do you like how they've they've uh, kind of rotated them, how they've, how they've used that combination? I, I, I like it, but is, you know, sometimes these guys are a little – I don't know. You're around the team, Ryan. You know, is Valaday a little myth that he's maybe not getting as many touches? And, and certainly, Swin is certainly deserving the cat the, the touches that he gets. I mean, what's your take on that on that combination right now? Yeah, I think uh, Valaday is the opposite of myth. I think he's just a tremendous team player. In fact, I talked to him on Monday, and I'll have a story that's either posted now. This is Tuesday night, or it's in Wednesday print. Uh, this is going to be it for Valaday. Um, you know, he's a fifth year senior. He's number two on the career rushing list at Wyoming. And because of the COVID year, he could come back for a sixth year of college and try to get Brian Hill and try and, uh, you know, keep it going. But, you know, from what he's thinking right now, he, this is Saturday will be his last home game for Wyoming. And, 
he sees that Titus Wynn is ready to be a star, that um, McNeely is ready to be uh, part of the featured rotation. And they have some freshmen that are really good or they believe are really good. And, and he's been in college five years. He's ran the ball a ton and he's not going to get faster um, next year. You know, he's, this is, it's his time to, to go to an NFL training camp and see if he can latch on. Um, I think he's a great college football player. Uh, it's hard to predict with running backs if they'll stick in the NFL or not. I think when you see him getting caught from behind against air force and, and, and stuff like that, maybe scouts will hold that against him. We'll see what his 40 time is, you know, during the process. But I mean, what a great Wyoming football player he is and what a great leader and what a great mentor and to be, to willingly want to share the load with, with Titus Wynn. I mean, people should read the story and just about how he was telling Titus on the sideline against Utah state, man, you've really come on and he's really happy for him. And, uh, you know, so I think this will be Swin's offense next year. <laughs> you know, it's a run first offense. He'll be the guy, uh, assuming he comes back. Of course, you never know in this day and age, but, uh, what, what a player Valaday is. I hope people will uh, check that out and, and check out his last home game. I hope so, too. And it certainly doesn't surprise me that he's had that reaction, Ryan, because even being around him when he was kind of emerging as the next really good running back at Wyoming, um, that, that doesn't surprise me at all. But you know how football players are sometimes, and even running backs for that matter, you know, they want to get into a rhythm. You know, you get more carries, the better they get. And I look, you know, you, you got to keep guys fresh. And it looks like, look, I'm – from an outsider, it looks like that combination is working wonderfully for Wyoming, but I was just kind of curious. But it certainly doesn't surprise me that, that Valade has that take. And, um, you know, I'm excited to continue to watch him. You get to watch him one last time. So, you know, hopefully fans, I know it's a holiday weekend, can get out there and and not just see Valade for the last time, but see, you know, a lot of guys for the last time for, for senior day. And, you know, again, a handful of players can come back. What other players, Ryan, do you get a sense – that obviously we know Chad Moom is not coming back. You're the one that said this. I know Craig Bull came out this week and said you know, he's going to declare for the draft because he accepted the senior bowl invite, but he accepted that invite last week. You even said that, you know, by accepting that, he's basically not coming back. So um, no, no surprise, but, you know, you get a sense of any other guys that, uh, that, that could come back next year for another year. Will they or not? Do you have any sense of that yet? I think most of them are, are going to be moving on. I, I don't think Wyoming's the type of program that's going to, you know, I'm sure if, you know, if, if uh, certain seniors wanted to come back and, you know, run it back, I'm sure they're not going to say no, but I, I just get this, you know, obviously uh, Garrett Crawl is a su- uh, super senior. He's done regardless. Uh, Muma's going to the NFL. Um, you know, the offensive linemen, uh, they they have some uh, super seniors there as well. So they're gone. So I don't think there's going to be, I'm sure there'll be a couple guys that take advantage of it and, and maybe come back. But uh, most of these guys have, uh, have had their fill and had their run and have their degrees. And, um, you know, I, I just this week I talked to, or I talked to Muma last week, but I did a big uh, profile on Muma that I hope people will check out. Um, it runs in print on Thanksgiving, but it's already online talking to his grandfather who played at Wyoming in the sixties. And, and obviously his dad, Ty Muma played in the early nineties for, for Roach and Tiller. I mean, just that's the thing about it. And I've only been covering this team, you know, for what, three, four months, but 
the senior leadership on this team, it's a surprising that they went through such a struggle with this type of leadership, but it's also the reason why they've held it together and are still fighting to, to end on a high note. And, uh, you know, Muma is uh, an all-timer in my opinion. Wow, what a guy. Yeah, I mean, he's just amazing to watch. And, you know, I don't want to make comparisons to, to Logan Wilson, but, man, I mean, Muma's all over the place. You know, like like Coach Bowles said, you know, he's he's big, he can run, he tackles well. I mean, he's got, you know, I'm not an NFL scout or, or not even going to pretend to be one, but he's the, that kid's got a bright future and just a lot of fun to watch. I'm going to – I'm going to – I'm going to miss seeing him play for Wyoming, but I'm going to thoroughly enjoy watching him play on Sundays for whatever NFL team that, that, that gets him. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Valde quietly at 145 yards rushing. I mean, you look up at the end of the game and Mum has 17 tackles, and it's like they're not that noticeable because he hits guys and they're down and the play is over. It's, it's over. I mean, if he's in the vicinity, it's over, and they add up quickly, and, and you just – look up at the end and, and it's 17 tackles. And that's 17 tackles. I mean, you see those kind of numbers, like if you're playing air force, when you're playing an option type team, you know, those linebackers and even safeties, they get a lot of, they, they can put up some big numbers and tackles. I mean, Utah state throws the ball all over the place. I mean, this was a, I guess in this day and in, in age in college football, a traditional offense, you know, no fluky, you know, not, not anything like that. And he still records 17 tackles. I mean, he gets them in pass coverage, you know, he blitzes, great in run defense. I mean, he's an every down linebacker, Ryan, and you don't see that. I don't care where you're at, even in the power five leagues, you don't see a lot of those, all, you know, every down linebackers anymore. And he's certainly one of them. Yeah. He, uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's amazing that they've had Logan Wilson, Cash, Malawiya, <laughs> and now, uh, Muma in such a short period of time because, you know, normally uh, Muma would be playing four years as a starter at Wyoming with that type of talent. So uh, it's incredible that he was able to uh, <laughs> be mentored by a guy who's a, a, the first pick in the third round. Now, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes higher than that. So uh, you kind of just circling back, I'm just kind of looking at these seniors because you mentioned would any of them come back um, you know, I don't know about Azizi Hearn. I think he's probably just going to graduate and test the waters. He's, he's played a lot of college football at Arizona and Wyoming. Um, I think he's shown out pretty well this year. So you might as well go give it a shot at the next level. If you're him, um, just looking through here, uh, would a Victor Jones come back? Do you think, you know, he's, he's done some good things, but he's not really, uh, dominated maybe with, with crawl leaving with, uh, you know, bird coming back from injury. Maybe that's an opportunity for him to, to really flash next year. Although, uh, you know, Jalen Pate is coming on, uh, who's, uh, you know, a sophomore. So I don't know how they feel about that. Um, I was wondering about, uh, Asias Gandhi, uh, you know, obviously, He's a senior, but played a lot of football. But with these next stingers not being able to play down the stretch here, is that something that can get better for next year? Um, would he come back? Because he looked like an NFL player to me when healthy. But I've talked to a lot of people that have had next stingers, and it's just a reoccurring painful thing um, that uh, is hard to deal with. 
Um, trying to think of who else. Um, you know, Rome Weber is listed as a junior, so I assume he will be back. So, um, like I said, I think most of the seniors will be gone, you know, uh, but uh, the only ones that might be interesting are, are some of the offensive linemen, you know, and a Bo Jay. Does he come back uh, and run it back again? Um, I will say this about the offensive line. Some of the younger guys that have been playing, uh, you know, Bible and Watts and, and Stouffer at times, uh, they're going to be fine there. They, I think the younger guys have kind of uh, helped uh, get this thing rolling uh, these last three games. Yeah, you know, I don't know. We, we had talked about during their offensive struggles, Ryan, about, you know, where the problems were. And, again, I know a lot of the attention was going to the quarterback at the time, and deservedly so. But I do think the offensive line was just, you know, just out of sync, you know, with such high expectations, you know, maybe the best in the league going into the season and stuff. And I don't know what happened, Ryan. I don't know if they've simplified things or if they just figured a few things out or whatever, whatever they did. But even against Boise, you know, I thought they played pretty well as well. So, you know, I don't know what necessarily happened, but, you know, I guess it's it's good to be playing your best football near the end of the season. And I honestly, I do think this offensive line is playing its best football at this point of the season. So you, you kind of touched on Levi Williams. It seems like he's getting better week by week. Uh, you know, he's a third year sophomore, but when you look at if they can keep this skill set together, if they can keep Swin, if they, you know, if McNeely, you know, runs, you know, the small sample size of McNeely is really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with a large sample size, that could be exciting next year. You know, Bull mentioned DQ James a lot during fall camp, a, a freshman from Texas who is probably the fastest guy on the team. Um, and then you look at Nayor, you look at Cobbs, you look at Welch, uh, you know, Parker Christensen. Man, if you can keep all these skill players together, you know, and I hate to say it, but with the NCAA transfer portal, you just never know. Would a Nayor want to go to Oregon or a school like that, or will he just stick it out and ride with Levi? I mean, you can get to the NFL from Wyoming, obviously, and he has a great, great rapport with Levi, but obviously he is a guy that power five schools should have recruited. But if they can keep that group together, this offense could be maybe the strength next year, which would be hard to have said after that New Mexico game. You know, and it could be, and you know, what's really interesting is, 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 is Levi Williams, you know, and, Look, you know, we saw glimpses last year, and obviously, you know, we we talked about this. You know, the bowl, the Arizona Bowl in nineteen, where he got the start and made some big throws and, and helped Wyoming, you know, to kind of cruise to an easy victory. You know, in the in the COVID shortened year last year, you know, Hecky was hurt most of the time and probably actually shouldn't have been out there. But you know, I've talked to him. You know, when I covered the team, I talked to him a decent amount, and I know how hard he works. Not just while he's, you know, in off season workouts, but even on his own. You know. And I'd really like to see, and, and this is no slam on Sean Chambers. You know, I, you know, I just feel bad that Sean Chambers has gone through what he has. But would you say, Ryan, is it fair, even though it's only been a few games, that this is Levi Williams' team as far as the quarterback situation goes? I mean, yeah, you still got Sean Chambers, and he's certainly proven he's won games. He's got a winning record as a starter. That's a nice luxury to have as two experienced quarterbacks, one, two on your death chart. But isn't it is it safe to say that right now this is Levi Williams's this is Levi Williams's show? Is that is that fair? I think that's fair, and I think it's earned. And you know, you never know what was going to happen. But in my opinion, 
as a amateur Monday morning quarterback, <laughs> they should have started Levi for New Mexico. He should have been the number one guy going into that game. In my opinion, they win that game with Levi Williams. And then he is more, he's further along for the San Jose state game. And maybe they win that game and then things are totally different, but you know, better late than never, I guess. And I think he's played, you know, Sean got off to a good start. I mean, that Northern Illinois game was an offensive explosion and he was a big part of that. You know, he had the two minute drive against Montana state. He, you know, it was a short field, but he had the go ahead score, you know, scoring drive at UConn um, tied things up at air force with two quick explosive drives. And then for whatever reason, you know, I don't know that we'll ever know, or if he can even tell you what happened mentally after that with the turnovers and just the, the lack of confidence and the lack of production, it got away from him. And Levi has, has taken advantage of this opportunity. Uh, I would expect Levi to find a way to beat Hawaii. And, you know, if they can go to a bowl game and perform well, they have that momentum they had from 2019 all over again with Levi again. And I, I would, I would say he would be the starter. I don't think it would be a true competition in the spring and fall with Sean Chambers. In fact, I would would not be surprised if Sean Chambers tried to play somewhere else. Be interesting to see how that how that turns out. I know you know you mentioned the transfer portal, Ryan, and certainly you know it's 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 a whole new frontier. Although the portal's been around for a while, but at least it with foot with Wyoming football, I mean they've had guys transfer certainly and stuff, but it's not like they've had a mass ex- <clears throat> a mass exodus of players transferring that are playing it at higher levels. They've had some guys that you know, gone to the FCS level or, or this and that, but you know, it's interesting. You just never know from year in and year out how that's going to be, you know, but I will give Craig Bull some credit that since this portal thing has been going on. Yeah. They, they've been hit that, you know, they've had guys transfer, but it's not like it's been at a lot of other schools and it'll be interesting with some of uh, guys you mentioned and going into this off season, if it remains that way, does it change? We'll have to wait and see, but it's always, always interesting it's always nice when you could say you know you got all these guys coming back and you everyone's excited but the whole transfer portal puts that a little bit puts that at least fans at edge because uh you just never know what how that's going to play out yeah and it'll be interesting with the numbers you know obviously with all the the uh, everyone getting an extra year you know how many recruits are they going to sign will they add people from the portal I, i would think not many but maybe one or two um, that they recruited that are in the portal now that they're like, Oh, that guy's available again. He should have came here in the first place. Let's go get him again. Uh, it's interesting. I think I agree with Craig Bull's philosophy. This is a developmental program. You know, you're recruiting two and three star guys and developing them and then it's their turn and, and you're not going to look for the quick fix with junior college or, or the transfer portal. I get that. I believe in that. And I think you can actually uh, zig while a lot of power fives are zagging and and get some good high school players while, you know, certain power five schools I know of are recruiting less high school players and saving the room for those portal guys, those experienced unsatisfied portal guys that are unhappy in one place and and show up at your place and they're ready to play because they're older players, they're talented players and you know what their strengths and weaknesses are already. So 
uh, that'll be interesting. And, and we can talk more uh, recruiting next month when that gets really heat, heated up. But uh, I want to transition, you know, while I have you here, Robert, on, on Wyoming basketball. I mean, Jeff Linder, I think we saw signs last year that he was going to be a good coach at Wyoming and he would build it and maybe follow that Colorado state model where year two is better than year one, year three is really good. And year four, you're ready to, to make a run in the NCAA tournament, which is kind of what Colorado state's path has been, but wow. Wyoming appears to be way ahead of schedule four and oh, one at Washington in overtime. Washington is not a great Pac-12 team, but they do have talented players. And then follow that up with a win at Grand Canyon, which I think is the more impressive win because of the momentum that program has, the atmosphere of their arena. You know, it's a, it's a crazy place to play. Um, they were an NCAA tournament la- team last year, 4-0 and with two true road wins. I saw someone, I think Jeff Kramer, Grammer from uh, Albuquerque tweeted that Wyoming has two of the three Mountain West true road wins this season, at least going into Tuesday. What a start for Wyoming. Yeah, you know, and, uh, you know, look, the first two games, you know, kind of expected Wyoming or you at least think we're hoping that Wyoming would kind of just take care of business and and stuff, and they certainly did. But, look, man, you know, I don't care who you're playing. You go on the road and win one, let alone win two, um, you know, you'll you'll take it. And, you know, and you look, the the Washington, you know, they gutted that out and, and against Grand Canyon, right? I mean, they were getting killed on the boards. They were down. They weren't down big, but they were down late. You know, usually a lot of times, how many times have you seen, you know, the home teams kind of kind of going back and forth or even behind, then you get a lead late, home court advantage kind of kicks in a little bit and you pull away for, you know, seven to 10 point win. Well, I mean, didn't let it happen, even though it got killed on the boards, they found a way to win. And, you know, look, you know, Graham Ikey and, uh, you know, uh, Hunter Maldonado have been great, but, you know, there's been other guys, Jeremiah Oden's been, you know, glimpsing there, um, you, you know. I really like this team, Ryan. Again, I don't. I don't know what the rest of the season is going to hold. I'm not. I, I'm. You know, I'm not trying to be a pessimist. I'm not ready to start ordering my Mountain West Conference, you know, championship T-shirts quite yet. But I'll say this: the rest of the the rest of the Mountain West better take notice that you know Wyoming's not going to be a pushover. You know, I don't know how many games it, it's going to win necessarily in the Mountain West or where it's going to finish, but they better not take the Cowboys lightly and. Uh, and if anything, you might want to get them while you can now, because as you said, Jeff Linder's building something the way things are going. It, it looks to be trending in a, in a very positive direction that's going to keep getting better down the road. Yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say they're not going to finish tied for eighth, which is where they were predicted. Uh, it's a good league this year. I mean, Colorado State, uh, in my opinion, is a top 20 team. San Diego State, the same way. Nevada's off to a rough start. They have a lot of talent. They've been the big disappointment in the league so far. I think they won tonight, but I think they are two and four, two and five, something like that. So that's a disappointment. Um, but Fresno's four and zero. UNLV and New Mexico are improved. I don't think they're contenders. Uh, Air Force is improved, but I think they're still near the bottom. So uh, that's going to be a fun league race, uh, especially. I didn't like last year when teams you know, would come and play two in Laramie and, you know, back to back in Laramie and because of COVID and then Wyoming would have to go to the San Diego state and get slaughtered two games in a row. I like the, the home and home. Um, 
the round robin nature of it, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and you mentioned Graham E.K. and Hunter Maldonado, and those two were fantastic on this road trip. But uh, you're right. Odin is much improved, and they all talked about that, and he's looking that the part. And then Drake Jeffries, who I thought was just a three-point shooter, has been rebounding like crazy and then hit the shot of the game last night. Uh, down one, I think, or, or down two, he hits a three, and that starts the eight unanswered points to end the game. Um, really an impressive finish to silence. I had a, I have a friend, Brad Hansen, who works in Phoenix for – Fox Sports, and uh, he was at the game, and he said the atmosphere there, it's crazy. So to silence that crowd in that manner is, is really uh, impressive. And, you know, on the on the Zoom afterwards, Jeff Linder pretty much threw down the gauntlet and challenged Wyoming fans. You know, not necessarily you're going to recreate that club scene down in, in Phoenix, but he challenged them to get the double a rocking again. Um, that's why he came here to bring it back and get the double a rocking. And he said, this team uh, is, ha- deserves that kind of support. And I, and so far I would agree with that. I agree too. And another thing that's been really, I'm not necessarily surprising, but with it, that I think helped Wyoming get to the point where it's four and oh, is, you know, you know, you talk about the scoring, everyone likes the offense and I get it. But they've really played defense. I know you've written about it, Ryan. I know a lot of others have too. That Jeff Linder in the offseason really and the staff it really emphasized if Wyoming wants to take a step forward in the Mountain West, it really has to it ha- it has to start on defense. And so far, you know this the defense that this team has played has been very very good. You know, again, can they keep it up? What will happen in conference play? But so far, so good. I mean, I know I'm sure Jeff Linder, you know, he's a coach like anyone else. He's going to find stuff this team needs to improve on, and I'm just, and there is. Don't get me wrong, but you know, it's all right to work on those things when you start off four zero, and like you said, with two two true road wins, uh, you'll gladly work on those things. So I'm excited. You know, I think uh, that the excitement level seems to be building or growing for Wyoming basketball, Ryan, and that's that's great because it's been an awful long time since there's been a lot of excitement for Cowboy basketball. Yeah, and just FYI, Friday night, 7 o'clock, they play Hastings College. So it's a major step down in competition, but it is here in Laramie. Uh, You know, that's an opportunity to, uh, you know, if you happen to be coming down for the Hawaii game uh, early or or whatever, you know, that's a game where I would expect, you know, they've been going with a pretty small rotation, you know, to pull these games out. I think that's maybe a game where you could see, uh, you know, some of the new faces get extended playing time and, and just kind of keep the momentum going. And then they have another road game at, at Cal state Fullerton. So uh, kudos to Linder for uh, putting together a really good schedule. And uh, you know, I'd imagine, um, you know, their Ken Palm must be going up, up, up. And uh, it's only going to keep going up in the mountain West with the way teams are playing. So um, that'll be fun to follow. Um, Let's move on to, uh, our final regular season of Mountain West football, Robert. And uh, we're both hovering around 500 in our picks uh, for the year. And this is our chance to, we're a little under 500. I think we're both about 16 and 18 and one or something like that. Um, I can't remember what we pushed on, but there was one push. But um, so let's let's have a big winning week and roll into the the bowl season on fire here. But first, Ren, are we picking the Wyoming Hastings College game? Is that on is that on the docket this week? 
<laughs> I don't have a line on that one. <laughs> I think it's Wyoming by 41. I'll take haste. Um, all right. Thanksgiving Mountain West football. Okay. Uh, I think Detroit is Detroit playing Chicago. I mean, yes, they are. So, so you might want to give this a shot. Uh, if that's as bad as it advertised, uh, Fresno state minus seven and a half at San Jose state Thanksgiving day, one thirty PM Fox sports one Fresno state, believe it or not, if they beat San Jose state and Boise state beats San Diego state, Fresno state will be in the mountain West championship game as the West division winner. What do you, what do you see happening here? The Spartans need to win to be the what eighth bowl eligible team from the mountain West. Yeah, you know, and yeah, I, I've always thought San Jose was really close, but I, Fresno, you know, I just like Fresno. I know this is a rivalry game, and that's a lot of points. Well, it's not a lot. It's a touchdown. My gut's telling me to go with Fresno there. You know, they have a chance to take care of business. You know, maybe San Jose raise, rises to the occasion. Makes I'm going to just say I'm going to take Fresno and Fresno to cover. I think they get this one by about 10 points. Yeah, I'm going to take Fresno as well. I, I don't like the way San Jose State is playing. Uh, Wyoming really should have played better and beat them. Um, they have no home atmosphere. It's awful. It's the opposite of Grand Canyon basketball. Yes. So uh, I am going to take Fresno State, and that will be wild to see what happens. Uh, and we'll get to, well. Let's get to it now because it's a Friday game. Boise State. Probably the hottest team in the league. Minus two and a half. Yes, Boise State is favored over number 21, San Diego State. That's a a playoff ranking. Number 21, San Diego State. 10 a.m. on CBS. So they get the national billing here. Uh, You know, a name brand in Boise State and uh, one of San Diego State's best teams of all time. Can the Aztecs finish this thing or are the Broncos going to upset the apple cart here? So it's a 10 a.m. start mountain time. So they're going to kick off at nine in the morning in San Diego. In Carson, California. In Carson, actually. where they, yeah, where they, <laughs> they're until their new stadium opens. That's weird. But you know what, Ryan? I, I you know, Boise is playing better, you know, and, and, you know, but look, this is San Diego State. This is in their wheelhouse. This, they're at home. They have a chance to, to cap off a really special season. Now, if they win this game, no matter what anyone else says, if San Diego State wins this game, they're the they're the West Division champions, correct? Correct. They would have one loss. Fresno yeah. has two. There's too much on the line, and they're getting basically three points at home. Yeah, I'm taking San Diego State in the points here. All right, I am going to go with Boise State. I just think they're the type of program you cannot get rid of. They're going to spoil San Diego State's greatest season, and. S- finish maybe in a freeway tie, maybe with a chance to, to win the uh, mountain division somehow. Uh, Boise state, they don't go away. It's annoying. It'll be better for the mountain West. If San Diego state just wins, you know, just in, in the, in the event that Cincinnati were to lose and not be the champion of the American, there's a chance that San Diego state would be the highest ranked, Group of five champion. That's the key phrase. Cincinnati would still be ranked higher, but San Diego State would get the New York Six Bowl because they're a conference champion. So 
That's yeah. what the Mountain West is rooting for. There's a chance. There's a chance of that still. Also on Friday, Utah State minus 15 and a half at New Mexico. It's hard to believe that Wyoming beat Utah State and lost to New Mexico. Uh, this is in Albuquerque, 11 a.m. Fox Sports 1, also on Friday. Uh, are the Aggies going to get it back together and win and, and go to the Mountain West Championship game? One, I'd like to know about Utah State's quarterback because, you know, following you, it sounds like Wyoming hurt him. They beat the crap out of this guy. Yeah, they did. Look, look, New Mexico can't score. They don't, I think they're down to their 19th quarterback or something. Maybe Rocky Long still has some eligibility left because he was a quarterback in New Mexico in the late late 60s, early 70s. Maybe he has some time, some, some late eligibility left, but they don't have anyone to play quarterback, Ryan. So, I got to think Utah State bounces back. They still have a chance to, you know, have a good. And I think because all the goofy tiebreaker situations, they they don't control their own destiny. But the Aggies can still get to the Mountain West Championship game, so I think they bounce back. You know, I know Rocky Long is a great defensive mind, but that can only last so long. If you can't score, really even have a threat to score, I, I got to go with the Aggies to cover that. Yeah, from what I understand, I mean, obviously Utah State beat Air Force, so they have the head to head there, but. If it's a three-way tie, um, I think Boise State goes. And then if if it's just a two-way tie between Boise and Utah State, Boise uh, beat Utah State. So uh, I think I think they're gonna, you know, Bonner. I'm. I don't think it was a serious injury, but he just couldn't run anymore. He was. He just came up lame. He was hit so many times. Once by Pate. Once by Muma, where he just could barely get up. I have a feeling he was in the ice tub all week, and even if he can't go, I think they could win 17-0 and cover this. So I'll, I'll take Utah State as well. And uh, let's move on to Saturday. UNLV running Rebels plus 18 at Air Force, 11, or 130 CBS Sports Network. Air Force obviously in the mix with these with Boise and Utah State to get to that championship game. Um, they lost Utah State, beat Boise State on the blue turf. Are the Rebels going to be spoilers? No. Although, hey, they've won a couple games since our last podcast, Ryan. So maybe uh, I know they're, they're they're making progress. I know it sounds like they could have another quarterback change. That's kind of been, you know, they've made some strides, but the quarterback issues are, are still there. Um I just think Air Force will just, you know, in the, you know, at altitude at the academy. I think Air Force rolls. Um, maybe UNLV scores some points, but I still, I know that's a big number, Ryan. But I'm going to go with Air Force to cover that. I am too. I think UNLV competed hard this year. Like you mentioned, they won two in a row, and then they really pushed San Diego State last week. But I have a feeling they're either out of gas and or not prepared to stop the option. Um, you know, they're in the other division. They don't see it every year. I just have images of what Wyoming's running attack did to them last year. I, I think Air Force wins comfortably and probably is wondering why they didn't beat Army the way Wyoming's wondering why they didn't win some of their games because uh, it could have really been a special season if they play for the Mountain West Championship and had that Commanders-in-Chief trophy. So Nevada, minus Four at Colorado State, 7 p.m. CBS Sports Net. Steve Adazio. 
What's Eesh. gonna happen with that guy? I don't know, man. <laughs> this this one's kind of a head scratcher because Nevada should win their their town talents, but again, CSU. I mean, even though we you know we said this a lot this season, CSU's got good players, man. Maybe their coaching's that you know, but Nevada should win this game. But it's senior night. Maybe it's Adazio's last game. You know, I I don't know, but <laughs> this one scares me, Ryan. But I'll, I'll my gut my I always try to go with my gut here. And I hope it's not like, you know, that's something bad I ate for dinner tonight. But I'm going to go with Nevada to cover this because they should. They're better. They're much better than Colorado State. But a part of me just wonders if Trey McBride's going to go off and something fluky happens and CSU pounds them. But I'm gonna, I'll go with my gut and I'm going to say Nevada will cover that. Yeah, I think there's some a little fishy with the line. Nevada should be favored by more than four. So I'm going to go with uh, Colorado State. I think. McBride gets 18 catches for 200 yards and two touchdowns, and they at least cover. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Adazio is uh, at the border war next year, though. I mean, they're not like a power five team that can afford to pay for their mistakes, but that is not a good situation. No, doesn't sound like it. All right. The, uh, Finale at the war, Hawaii plus 10 at Wyoming, 1 p.m. Mountain West net, senior day, chance for Wyoming to win their seventh game and go to a bowl. Uh, Hawaii held on for, what was it, 50 to 45 over Mm -hmm. Colorado State. I think they were up 26 and kind of fell asleep at the end there, but uh, they did get their offense cranked up, obviously, and they do have a nice offense. So, the Warriors get the pleasure of flying from Honolulu to Laramie in consecutive years, and this time Thanksgiving week, no less. Uh, what do you think about this line, and who are you gonna, who are you picking? Look, you know, you you look at what Wyoming did last week, and you think, oh yeah, no problem. But man, that still scares me, Ryan. I, you know, because you mentioned Hawaii's got a nice office. The Cordero kid, a quarterback's very good. We saw Wyoming struggle even against hapless New Mexico with a running quarterback, you know, and again, that was a while, that was a little while ago. So things have kind of changed, but. <sighs> well, maybe it's the Homer. Now I guess I can call myself a Homer now. Um, I guess I'll go Wyoming to cover this. I, I'm not feeling over to con- I think Wyoming wins. I don't think Wyoming loses, but I think it might be closer, but I'll, I'll do the homer pick, and I'll say Wyoming covers that 10 points and gets to seven wins. I think Wyoming wins in blowout fashion. I really do. I think, like we talked about, you know, it's it's this is their time. The first four games were their time. The middle four to five were a disaster, and now they're back. Um, you know, I think their leadership, as we mentioned, they want to go to a bowl game. They want to finish with – uh, you know, potentially uh, four wins in five games to finish eight and five. So uh, their seniors are going to be emotional um, and ready to go. I expect Chad Muma to dominate this game. Uh, trip.com, check out the Chad Muma story. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, Rob. Sounds great. Are we so we're going to now? Are we, are we transitioning into hoops after this or post game football? How we. How are we doing this? How are we, how are we going to do this? Well, I, I'm willing to keep it going if you are, my friend. Absolutely, man. I, I enjoy this a lot. I, uh, I missed it, 
And hopefully now that we can, you know, we can do one of these and actually have a Wyoming win next week. But if Wyoming can't get this one, we're going to have to, we're going to have to talk, you know, off the record, so to speak, and see if we can get something figured out. And, you know, with Wyoming basketball being relevant and there really is no off season in college football anymore. You know, Wyoming could be going to a bowl game. They're going to be signing a recruiting class. There's the transfer portal, you know, all of a sudden there's March Madness, all of a sudden there's spring football. So uh, we're going to dial up Robert and bother you all winter if that's okay, buddy. I'm more than happy to do it. It's never a bother. Always a pleasure. All right. If you're still listening at this point, you're a great podcast listener and we appreciate you and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you.